0: This is Joe Irwin. And this is Wayne Jefferson. From Jefferson Irwin Racing. And you're listening to Real Racing USA.
1: Welcome to Real Racing USA Live, Dennis Hoof.
0: I'm glad to be here. Dennis, uh, the Southeast Tour kicked out, kicked off, and what a show it was!
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was an interesting event. The, um, you know, naturally, it was first race jitters and and what have you that took place. But I think that uh, I think that that series has got a great, great potential as it moves down the down the road. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, the next event coming up is. Is uh, one of the TV races, so I think there's a lot of excitement and enthusiasm that's generated over it. But it's uh, it's been a long, long tough road to you know to to make sure that everything comes together, and then when you have the weather on top of everything, then makes it uh, makes it even tougher. But they put that together in a real short period of time, and it's done an excellent job.
0: Right, and uh, we talked to who, who was it? We talked to Chris Fontaine or no? No, I mean who did we speak to about oh, John was... Key? Yeah. Yeah. Um he and we had talked to him about how they were gonna equalize um these late models because he said he wanted every kind of late model, frame late model, you know, whatever. He wanted them all here and how they were gonna equalize them. We talked to Chris Fontaine and he actually ran his Craig car there at that race and finished fourth and said uh the car was really moving good and and the competition is fairly fairly uh even.
2: Yeah, the uh that's that's an experiment but it's also something that has uh we had a year to play with it and and that was through the a s a midwest tour and uh, uh Tim Olson and uh, Mike Lempke and Steve einhaus and and the group up there have done an excellent job and and it really that that's what really started the the various weights uh, on the different types of cars and we wanted the opportunity to make sure that that a uh, you know a nine and a half to one motor could run with this could run with that, could run with a crate, and, and everybody had a, yeah, a pretty uh, pretty sizable um, interpretation of what the rule was going to be before they walked into it. And it really worked out well. And, and I will say the same thing about the Southeast, ASA uh, Southeast Asphalt Tour at Mobile. It showed that that the rules are extremely close. And the nice part about it is you can tweak it with a little bit of weight. So it gives... It gives every category, every type of of, uh, engine combination the opportunity to run and not just to have the one car to necessarily compete. So it was an experiment last year with the ASA Midwest Tour, and it worked out well. And uh, the same pattern was followed with John Key and with Mickey and with Stan. there on the Southeast Tour, and I'll tell you, uh, I'm a firm believer of it because it does work and it does give everybody an equal shot.
1: Yeah, tell me, Mar-, Mar I talked to Marty Zier earlier in the year and or earlier this year, and he was raving about the that Midwest tour. They went out there a few times and uh, said the car counts were were huge, and uh, they just couldn't do it this year. They didn't think because of the gas prices and stuff, but they were raving about that series out there. Yeah, and it's
2: a it's it's also uh, a, a combination that's now being picked up and and utilized in the ASA Northwest tour too. So. What we're seeing is a uh, is a is something that that had a lot of work put into it, and it was it was perfected. And I'm not the technical guy. I've listened to him talking, and you know a lot of times I I don't know the difference between a carburetor and a, and a right rear tire. But and of course I'm kidding a little bit. But the 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 issue really came down to making sure that everybody had an equal shot at it. <clears throat> and the one thing that that uh, it was a topic of conversation, especially in the cold weather up in the Midwest. Was the uh, the issue of of a lighter car, especially a, a crate motor car, and building enough heat in the tires for qualifying. So that was one thing that they had to correct, and, and I believe that uh, you know, that's all coming around to the right right uh, attitude now. And it looks like the the engine combination, car combination, is a winner, and it and it showed itself at uh, at Mobile.
1: Okay, so you're the same like myself i, I don 't uh, you know profess to know when I want to talk about technical things about cars, I have to have at least uh, three or four people around to straighten me out because I have no clue but do you get involved in the decision making and if so is, do you, how do you do that do you get uh, the people advise you on all the things you make the decisions or do they, other people make all these decisions
2: well this, I think the smartest thing for a sanctioning body to be in the in the entire process of this is to make sure that you try to gather the best people and and put the best people around you so that you can you can hear the the answers that do work and and with the the setup that we have like with the Southeast Asphalt Tour, uh, John is the is the guy that has the series. He's he's the we sanction the series for him, and he has brought in a, a group of people that. You know, he, he fully trusts, believes in. And when it comes to the technical side, he did reach out. And, and that's the nice part about having a, a, an overall organization like we have, is that we could tap into different areas. And that's where the ASA Midwest Tour came into, into play and into focus. Because Mike Lemke up there has done an excellent job, along with Tim Olson, in, in making sure that they looked at every combination and if there was a problem, which there were a couple of problems uh, early on, to to be able to make that decision and, and make it fairly quickly to to hopefully make those competitors all know that they all had a shot. And every combination won last year up in the ASA Midwest Tour, and I think that the same thing is, you know, it's got the potential in the ASA Southeast Asphalt Tour and, and even the ASA Northwest Tour. There's there's There just seems to be enough brain power amongst all three of the tours and they talk quite a bit that they can uh, that they can make it work and and make sure that that it's you know if there is a problem there is an issue everybody talks
0: and what a great sponsorship uh, rc cole and moon pie it's perfect <laughs> it is absolutely
1: perfect
2: it is in fact I, was, I know you guys know but i was down at uh, desoto speedway they've They've signed on as an ASA member track, and Rick,
1: Rick doesn't know anything about the Silver <laughs> Speedway. You'll have to. Have to.
2: <laughs> well, we, uh, John and I were, were were talking. In fact, the drivers' meeting was just getting ready to start, and that was the day that uh, that the announcement was going to go out about RC and Moon Pie. And, Of course, there's a group of drivers, and they were sitting in the in a uh, golf cart and some of the others that were inside the shed there because it was a fairly warm day. And I looked over and I, I said, John, did you hear about the, the, the sponsorship that's going to be announced on the ASA Southeast Asphalt Tour? And he said, no. And I said, it probably won't mean much to you. Of course, he's up from, in, I think, upstate New York. Is that right?
0: No, uh, he's from the island. From the island. He's from the island. So I worked for him for five and a half years. <laughs>
2: there you go. So we're having a conversation about this, this um, potential sponsor and I held off as long as I possibly could. And I could tell by the the guys that were sitting there, they were going to know what I was talking about. And when I mentioned RC and, and Boon Pie, John looked at me with this puzzled look on his face, and I saw about five drivers go, wow, that's perfect. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. I eat them all the time. or You know, I used to. I grew up with yep. And John just looked at me and said, what in the heck is that? So he we went on to, a, you know, the explanation of the whole thing. And he realized, because I guess up on the island there was a product that was fairly close to it. But... Uh, no, it's a. It is a perfect sponsorship. John Key has, has really put his marketing powers into play, and you know his his years at, uh, at Nestle Corporation and, and dealing with the various sponsorships that are out there, he's done a great job with it. And there's there's some new new sponsors that are coming out on board, and and uh, you got to be proud of him because he's he is putting his mouth right there on on. I mean, there's money where his mouth is, and and doing everything he possibly can to make sure that that tour has the mystique about it and it steps, you know, to the
1: forefront. And well, he, he certainly... TV is going to help, too. Yeah, he certainly... When we had him on our show, there was no... You know, he, he impressed us with the fact that he definitely was a marketing guy and a promotion guy, and he knew what he was doing. And uh, now you were talking about John and, and the being down at DeSoto. They recently became a, a ASA member, part of the member track program. Okay, so if, if I have a a, a racetrack out in uh, somewhere in America, here in a short track, uh, asphalt or dirt, why should I, what benefit is it to us to come on board with you and, and be a, a part of the member track program?
2: Well, actually, the best way to answer that is if if you're going to be a track operator, my first question to you would be, you know, if you're a dirt or you're an asphalt track, what do you need? What is What is it you really need from from a, an organization to come in and try to help you out. Now, you know, the first thing that most people would say is, uh, I need cash. You know, give me, give me cash and I'm happy. But, but really the bottom line is what a track operator has to expend to keep the racetrack open, whether it be, you know, advertising or whether it be uh, his insurance, uh, whether it be the, the help that's at the racetrack or what he has to buy to, you know, a, a scoring system or, or, or what have you what we attempt to do is we attempt to get involved in as much as we possibly can with a track operator on saving money because the big thing that seems to be the big-ticket items right now seem to be insurance for a track. Of course, the you know the payments on the track itself, if they don't own it, uh, prize money is a, is a big issue. But the things that we can help with, what they're going to purchase, like an A and B scoring system, we have a great deal with them. We have, you know, the the, uh, the various buys that we can get for them from a uh, trophy company to to uh, the banners that are put up in the back uh, straightaway to to anything that you're dealing with at a racetrack. We can normally put a group together and we can buy it a lot cheaper because of numbers. Now, the, the big thing, the big issue for me has always been, <clears throat> last time I was on the program we talked about it a little bit, but the big thing for me has always been the insurance package because most most competitors, when they walk into a track, they really don't understand what kind of insurance policy they have on them. And, and, and maybe at some racetracks it would probably scare them uh, just because of the coverage that may or may not be there. So the one thing that I... Required, and and do require the racetracks that we're involved with, is to come up with a an extremely good insurance package to make sure that everybody has a you know a good solid coverage over the top of them, and it's a minimum of fifty thousand for some of the level two tracks, but the, the level one tracks like what John is, has signed up for, his competitors have five hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, participant accident coverage on them, and you know that most competitors in that at least that i have met have always said well gee that's insurance what do i need it for Uh, you know i'm 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 really not worried about that right now i need a new widget on my car i need a you know a new set of tires or what have you but in all the years that i've been around it it when the accident hits because this is a dangerous sport it it's the last thing to be thought of but it's the first thing to be thought of at that point in time and i've I've stood next to too many people, and, you know, if the insurance coverage wasn't there. And all of a sudden you see a, a lifestyle change. And, and if it's a $25,000 medical bill and there's only $5,000 worth of coverage at the racetrack, then, you know, there's there's money that's short. So that's the one thing that I really, really push hard within the, the ASA member track programs to make sure that, that the insurance and the coverage that we have is the best for the drivers, and it's also the best for the track operator. Um, but beyond that, we push as hard as we can to take the national exposure. Uh, we work as hard as we can to to take a lot of the drivers and put them in the forefront. Um, you know, an example of that would be our ASA <clears throat> National Championship package right now. You know, the winner of that of that uh, ASA National Championship is going to be. He's gonna be taking a test ride with uh with Gibbs. And you know, I mean we've I've I know that I've been involved in a lot of promotions over the years, only years at NASCAR and what have you, but this is this probably has coming back at me the most excitement that I've heard in a long time. And that is the opportunity to test do a test ride with Gibbs and you know, sponsored by uh the driven brand by Gibbs Oil. Stuff like that can help build a racetrack, can help build a fan base, can help build a car count, and can do a lot of things for a racetrack to put them on the map. And that's what we're attempting to do, is to make sure that we take a racetrack that's doing well, because we we look for the better racetracks that are out there, and try to take and build a little bit more professionalism into it, try to take it and and move it up a notch, because we'll bring the, the official shirts to the to the racetrack we'll bring the you know the banners we we'll get the decals we'll we'll do everything we possibly can to help that track operator save money but also build the racetrack to a star quality and to put it on the map in the united states and to make it a a better facility to look at or something that's a household name or you know or what have you because a lot of these competitors as we as we all know some of them want to stay at a local track you know, they want to sure. drive a street stock or they want to drive a late model and they want to stay there the rest of their lives. And that's fine. If we can give them the notoriety and build on that ego a little bit, then he's happy or she's happy. Some of the guys that want to move on to a tour. I mean, that's one of the reasons that we have the 11 tours that we've got out there because they're all they're all different. They're all different shapes and sizes. And, you know, there's a road road racing series, a sprint car series, dirt sprint car series. Those are done purposely to make sure that it gives the guys that want to move from the weekly track a chance to move up into the touring series. And eventually, if they want to move up into the Camping World uh, series for NASCAR or whatever, uh, the opportunity there for them. So getting back to your question, what, what is the reason that you would join on with the ASA member track program would be the same questions that I would ask you. How can we help you? Gotcha. What, what can we do for you to help you out? And, and the examples that are out there, I mean, we could take a, a couple hours on this show. Sure. There's no, things that are, you know, that are done. But it really comes down to, to, trying to trying to help the track operator out to be available 24-7. And if somebody is, you know, they're having an area of concern or they've got an issue or what have you, then maybe we can help them out because somebody else has been through it. And if there's some TV coverage they want, or if there's, well, we had three racetracks that wanted to get scoreboards. And individually, those scoreboards were going to cost them, I think, in the neighborhood of about 28000 So we went out and helped them cut a deal, all three of them, and they bought them for 17000 apiece. There you go. So, you know, it's really, it's the behind-the-scenes stuff that that, that really works. Uh, we got a racetrack called us today from Virginia, and they it was quite a compliment because they said, we heard you have the best insurance policy in the land right now. And we said, yeah, we feel pretty good about it. And we'll get WSIB and as underwriters for the policy. And it's, I mean, it's it's A-1. It's, it's top of the line policy. And they said, well, our purpose for calling is we're not happy with what we've got now, but we want to be part of a bigger organization. And when the insurance came up, we trust you. So... We've sent off the information to them, and they'll probably end up a, an ASA member track within the next week. And it all comes down to word of mouth and how we can help them out, because they had some particular interests that, you know, can, can we help them get certain items? Sure. We've got the connection for it, and, and it's easy to do. So so it's really a service for, you know, for any track operator out there.
1: And you have 11 tours and 35 tracks or so. How big do you think you are gonna you, you, you want to take this? How How big... Are you going to go? Well,
2: let's see. If we, if we sit still, I think we're going backwards. But in this particular instance, I think we have to let the water kind of level itself every year. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to grow it to a point so quickly that it's unmanageable. Yeah. And also want to make sure that it remains a family because right now cool. I, I really do consider the competitors and the track operators that we deal with as, as a pretty sizable family. And the <clears throat> the issues that that I think we all can get into as we be entrepreneurial and try to try to take things a little bit a little bit too fast is we lose sight of that and that's the one thing I don't want to do I want to make sure that the member tracks are you know that we can we can help them all out at one particular time or another and as the staffing grows as as we grow then we'll take it one step at a time I and mean, I you know three years ago when we had uh, what was it seven member tracks on board i never would have thought that we would have hit the, the 35 tracks that uh, that we've got now in in such a short period of time but it really does come down to making sure that that everybody that we deal with has you know that they can take a little piece out of it and and of course we're going to lose some tracks we're going to have some tracks that uh, that change hands and you know the, the the short track industry is changing so rapidly right now and it used to be, track operator would stay in a track for, I think it was an average of five point three years, if I remember right, and and now that's down to like two and a half years.
1: Right. Why is that?
2: Well, I think a lot of people had the the stars in the eyes uh, that they they <laughs> saw what was happening on TV, and you know you look at a cup race and you see all the people on the grandstand and they say, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my own and I'm gonna go ahead and promote it. Yeah, and and I think a lot of it is is the fault of, of of all of us, so to speak, because we did rest on our laurels. And I include myself, too, because it's... You know, we for a while there, there were great crowds, and everything was, was flying pretty high. And, and then, as the the economy shifted, and the entertainment dollars started shifting, and the kids started staying home, and you know, working with the Internet and and some of the various patterns that changed in, in family life, I don't know if we changed with it there for a while. Um, I do know that it's pretty encouraging because most of the racetracks that have opened, and I say most, that I've talked to this year have told me that their crowds are at least equal, and most of them are up, up a percentage, and some of them up a good percentage because I... Uh, in fact, I had the conversation with one of the tracks today, and I shared with them that my best two years of promoting racetracks, which I did, I promoted tracks for about 18 years, and a lot of them on the west coast of the United States, but my best years that I can remember, one was the year of the gas shortage, and the other year was uh, the year of Jimmy Carter's 18.5% interest that you know that we all lived with. So people weren't buying those big ticket items. We're seeing that now. They're not buying homes. We know that in Florida.
0: You know that's precise. absolutely.
2: And and you know the trucks and the cars and, and, and I mean the, you read it every day that the the big ticket items are not being bought. So with that happening, people are still going to do something, and they've got the ancillary dollars. They're just not going to spend it on the big items. And and we're starting to see that within a twenty-five to thirty-five mile radius around a racetrack. That people are starting to migrate back to the tracks. And not a dig to, to NASCAR because I think that their TV package is fantastic. But if you look at the grandstands now and a lot of the cup races, you're starting to see some empty seats. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with people traveling, uh, you know, the cost of the tickets and all that. Well, you look at a weekly short track, um, you know, the cost to get in is between 10 and $15 on a, on a normal night. That's cheap entertainment. And you can take your kids. You know, you can do the things that, that you might be able to do years and years ago with a Grand National Race or whatever. And, and so I think that the potential is there for the short track industry to go back into an upswing on a, on a secular pace, maybe on a three-year cycle or what have you. And, and it's really going to just be to, to make sure that the track operators are, you know, they're rolling up their sleeves.
0: Putting with, on some entertainment. No doubt. That's what it's all about, right?
2: That's right. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things that we're doing even with the national championship, is that the system that we have is more of a batting average. And one of the criteria, one of the factors, major factors, is the amount of cars that someone passes at a racetrack. And, you know, of course, it's how many wins they've got, how many cars they're racing against, how many nights they race. But the big factor is how many cars they pass. And it's going to take place during the course of the season. So it's... Uh, you know, it's trying to get back to basics, putting on a show, and it is entertainment.
0: Well, no doubt about it. I mean, the Southeast Tour has gotten a great kickoff with 36 cars showing up for their first race. Of course, we're looking, for them, uh, looking forward to them coming to Lakeland. The RC Cola Moon Pie ASA Southeast Late Model Tour. Um, what a great name. I just love that name.
2: <laughs> you know, when you think about it, it's, uh, I keep hearing it, it is a tradition. And and stock car racing is a tradition. Yeah. So I don't know which one of you said it, but it is a perfect match.
0: Oh, no doubt. And uh, signing John Sapricone at DeSoto Super Speedway, man, that's that's great, too. That track needs a little boost. Uh, I was out there this past weekend, had a great crowd, good car count, good late model race. So uh, things are looking up out there, too. Well,
2: I was at East Bay on Saturday night. They had a great crowd. They had thirty-one late models, right? Um, you know, it's
1: uh, they got a great program for late models there.
2: They, they really do. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a that's actually a good mixture of that you as you were talking about with the open motor and the crate motor and and you know and how they work. And of course, the dirt is such a great equalizer. Uh, anyway.
0: no doubt. Yeah. yeah,
1: but no, we, was, we have uh, to be up there this weekend. As a matter of fact, I, I wanted to go to Waterman on Capital, but uh, we have to go to East Bay to cover the uh, United Dirt Late Model. Uh, series race there at East Bay Raceway this uh, weekend. So, but well, we will miss you at Cordial then. But we'll catch up at Lakeland, <laughs> uh, no doubt. Oh, really? Oh, I love Cordill. You know, I was up there the last last year. I was up there, and I, 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 was amazing. You know, you it's you get in the car and you just drive around in the country. It's amazing what you see around the racetrack. You know, and uh, get a, that that old town there. I mean, those those towns have been there for a long, long time, man. It's it's old Georgia.
2: Would you say a Southern tradition?
1: You think? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. But uh, thanks a lot for for stopping by with us and uh we're going to be hooking up I I think with uh, uh John Key again uh, real soon. We're going to talk to some more of the drivers from uh from the uh, Southeast Asphalt Tour because uh I mean, you had 36 cars there and it deserves some attention.
2: Well, it it does deserve some attention. I think the the ASA Southeast Asphalt Tour and and the Moon Pie RC connection is you know, it's, it's one of those things that's going to stick. Um, you know, it's, it's it's new enough now where everybody, you kind of, it's a mouthful at times. But I guess a moon pie is a mouthful at times, so isn't it? But the, <laughs> the thing that you that you get used to is the amount of energy that goes into all these tours, and, and that tour especially, because it is brand new. and People are, you know, they've, they've, um, I don't know what what you expect out of it but it it had its first race it had 36 cars and you know that that mobile racetrack is is not a slow racetrack it's a it's a it's a pretty lightning quick track and to to have something happen there it's going to happen quick so and with the with the tv that's coming on board now and with rick benjamin behind that and and john key doing what he is doing with that series i'm i'll tell you i as i opened up the show with i've got I've got great expectations for them. I mean, they've they've got all the offerings of a winner, and and that thing is it's going to be entertaining for a lot of fans throughout the the uh, you know this this summer. And I think that I think with the competition that's there now and the competition that will join up, some of the names that are talking about coming on board, it's you know it just adds to the whole thing. So it's it's entertainment, and that's what it's going to. Well, I think it's going to continue to do is help entertain people
1: in the southeast. All right, All right. Dennis. Thanks a lot for being with us tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon.
2: Gentlemen, I appreciate it, and I will talk to you soon.
1: Thanks All a lot. Right. Thanks a lot. Dennis Hooth, owner yeah. of the American Speed Association. He's yes. always
0: got plenty to say, that's for sure.